If a Christian doesn't pray about heaven, that's a remarkable lack. Who ever heard of exiles not thinking about home? Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time and a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade. Your Rosary on the Road, or uh, in the case we're back in the office again, that'll be two uh, home recordings, two days this week. Just because we, how it's shaped up. Tomorrow we'll be back to, or next week rather, we'll be back to uh, to doing things regularly. But uh, today is a Friday, so we're going to be praying in Latin today. I've got a uh, prayer intention here from uh, our uh, friend who runs uh, the Alethea uh, Telegram channel. She's got a teacher. It's a wonderful. <laughs> There was a, you know, I've, I've done a lot of volunteer uh, teaching in my time, and I, uh, I have to say I, I would love to know that my students prayed for me as much as she prays for her teachers. She's got another teacher uh, intention here, this one for a teacher that may have skin cancer, and since it is cancer, having a cancer is, well, that's, a, that's a pretty big thing, even if it's skin cancer is one of those things that people think of as being less of a, an issue, more easily treatable, and it is compared to things like, you know, lung cancer or cancer of the stomach or uh, cancer of the, uh, of, the, of the throat or anything like that where there's a lot of surgery involved. But it is, it is a, it's, it's a cancer. Cancer is always serious. So we're going to pray for this nameless teacher who's suffering from this illness to recover from it. And we're going to pray, of course, all of us keep Alethea in our prayers as well because of the, uh, what's the word that I, I guess dedication really, devotion uh, to those around her. Uh, if you, the prayers that are submitted are prayers from someone who very clearly is not terribly happy in the uh, environment that she's in with all of her educators and in the school, and it's not a really good place, but nevertheless the thing that she does is she offers prayers for them, which is uh, I think a really good model for the rest of us. So we're going to pray for this nameless teacher. Uh, we're going to pray for his perfect recovery. And uh, we're going to uh, pray in Latin today, so we'll use the prayer of the sick. Uh, and if you have any intentions of any kind, particularly intentions of sickness or intentions for the dead, I would encourage you to write those in to requests at protonmail.com or proton.me, M for Michael, E for Elizabeth, proton. P-R-O-T-O-N, and it's daily decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at proton.me or protonmail.com. They both work. You can drop a line on Telegram at the Daily Decade, on Gab at the Daily Decade, uh, on the Fediverse. I'm on the post instance. That's P-O-A dot S-T slash at the Daily Decade. will take you to me, and you can send me a message there. Uh, or the website, PrayTheRosaryEveryday.wordpress.com. We're also syndicated, as 
I've said before, on Exodus Americanus. They've got a good little network there. Our friends, uh, my friends over at the... Over the <laughs> I got so used to, in the early days of this, when I had some people helping me out, saying, our, our, we. And so now it comes off as the royal we. Uh, my friends at uh, the Godcast, they're over on Exodus Americanus now. And uh, the guys who do the flagship podcast on there pair of really good guys. They're working men. They have the humor of working men uh, on the show. So it can be a little crass and a little vulgar sometimes, but it is good listening, uh, particularly if it doesn't, if that sort of thing doesn't bother you too much. Uh, But they're good, they're good, decent Christian men. And I'm incredibly grateful to have that platform to bring the rosary to people who otherwise wouldn't have exposure to it because of the uh, the, the breadth and the diversity of their audience. Uh, so if you could remember them in your prayers, uh, I certainly do. Um, it's a it's a point of, of gratitude on my part that I'm able to bring this out to people. Now, all of the, I think that covers everything. So we've got two websites, we've got three social media presences, we've got an email and a partridge in a pear tree. So let's go ahead and just turn our hearts and our minds to God, get our rosaries out. Uh, if you don't have a rosary, they're easy to procure. I haven't said this in a while, but they are easy to procure. Go out and get one. Really, most every Catholic church, you'll be able to find one. And a lot of high church Anglicans, too. If you look for continuing Anglicans, they do the rosary. Some of them have their own unique form of rosary that they pray, but uh, you can find the Dominican five-decade rosary among them. And uh, it's easy to get one, so get one. If you're looking for a way to better follow along with the Latin prayers when we pray in Latin, uh, that's another thing that I would encourage you to do. There's two books that I can recommend. The first one is Christian Warfare. It's put out by the St. Raphael Press uh, in on Mackenzie Street in Winnipeg, Manitoba from Canada. And the same publishing company and same house brings forth a book called Rosary Warfare, Methods of Praying the Rosary with Fruit. Neither of these have an author, or at least a named author. Uh, They are uh, just brought brought forth by this press, which is associated with the Society of St. Pius X, but they're excellent, excellent books. Really solid, uh, and a very good resource for the Latin prayers, which you'll find in both of them. Uh, and really good reflections on the rosary and rosary warfare. So I would encourage you to get either one of them. Now, having said all that, let's put ourselves in the presence of God, get our rosaries out, and pray uh, for this nameless teacher. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Credo in Deum, Patrum Omnipotentum, Creatorum Cele et Terre, et in Jesum Christum, Filium Eius Unicum, Dominum Nostrum, qui conceptus est de Spiritus Sancto, natus ex Maria Virgine, passus sub Pontio Pilato, crucifixus mortus et sepultus, descendit an inferos, tertia die resurrexit a mortuis, ascendit a celos, sedet ad dexteram Dei Patris Omnipotentis, inde venturus est judicare vivos et mortuos, Credo in Spiritum Sanctum, Sanctum Ecclesium Catholicum, Sanctorum Communionum, Remissionum Peccatorum, Carnis Resurrectionum, vit et Vitam Eternum. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celis, Sanctificere Nomen Tuum, 
adveniat regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidianam da nobis odie, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri, Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicur erat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. Cortum mysterium dolorosum, violatio crucis Domini nostri, Jesu Christi. Pater noster, quies in cedis, sanctificere nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicur in cedo et in terra, Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimidi nobis debita nostris, sicut et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, nominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, 
Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicur erat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in seculo seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, vita dulcedo et spes nostra, salve. A te clamamos exulis filia evi, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrumarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, Idos tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte, et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende, o clemens, o pia, o dulci Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, ut digni officiamor permissionibus Christi. Oremus. Deus cuius enigenitus per vita, mortem et resurrectionem suam nobis salutis eterni premia comparavi, Concide quesimus, ut hec mysterius sacritissimo beati Maria Virginis Rosario recolentes, et imitemur quod continet, et quod promitunt asequamur. Periundum Christum nominum nostrum. Amen. Oremus. Domine Sancte, Pater Omnipotens, Eterni Deus, qui benedictionis tue gratiam egris infundendo corporibus, Facturum tuam multiplici pietate custodis, ad invocationem tui nominis benignus assiste, ut falum tuum ab agraturine liberatum et sanitate donatum, dextera tui erigas, vertute confirmas potestate tueris, atque ecclesia tue sancte cum omni desiderata prosperate restituas. Per Christum Dominum Nostrum. Amen. Sancte Bartolome, ora pro nobis. Sancte Michael Archangeli, defende nos in proelo, contra nequisiam et insidias diaboli esto presidium, imperadili Deus, supplices depecramor, tuque princeps militeis celestis, satana mariosque spiritus malignos, qui ad perdicionem animarum pervagantur immundo, divina virtute in infernum detrude. Amen. Sacritissimum cor Iesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum cor Iesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum cor Iesu, adveniat regnum tuum. In nomine Pacis, et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. We're back to the way of the cross again.
point to which we return constantly, really something that we should be uh, addressing and thinking about the entire time that we're living our lives as Christians. We're always on the way to the cross. In the past, I've made an effort to try to reflect on what is going on on the way to the cross, and I always keep coming back to Veronica and um, Simon the Cyrenian, uh, in part because they represent sort of the two ways uh, that we engage with Christ in our own way, and it also displays the two ways in which we're powerless in comparison to Christ. We can do nothing on our own, no good on our own. We cannot take away this suffering that he must endure. As, and, and it's not for us to do either. St. Peter tries to dissuade Christ from the cross, and he's uh, he, uh, rebuked by Christ. I was about to say condemned, but he's not condemned. He's rebuked by Christ. Get ye behind me, Satan. For you value not the things of God, but the things that are of man. It, uh, it reminds me a bit, and I'm going to go ahead and steal the reflection this time, because it's not my own. It comes from uh, Bishop Sheen. Uh, and there's a talk that he gives on the way in which the communist and the capitalist worlds, the Soviet and the Western worlds, interact with the basic truths of human existence. And he, both of them, because Christ is reality, the ultimate reality, it is impossible to engage with human existence without engaging on some level with Christ. In the Soviet Union, Bishop Sheen says, they have the cross without Christ. That is that they have suffering, toil, struggle, without any kind of salvic meaning. It simply is. But in the West, they have Christ without the cross, which is they have all of this prosperity, this hope, this seeming salvation, but without the sacrifice that makes it possible. And therefore they have an illusion. In a way, the way that he looks at it, in a way the Soviet Union, the communist world, the, the so-called second world, had a, greater, had a uh, much stronger dose of reality than the Western world ever had and continues to not, to not have. There's not a lot of reality going on in the West, engagement with reality anyway, as, as I think anyone can see. And the reality is, the sad reality is, is that there's not a lot of engagement with reality that goes on among Christians worldwide. The reality is the way of the cross. It is Christ united to the cross. It is the suffering of the cross which is given meaning and which gives meaning to Christ, his manifestation, the manifestation of God in the flesh here on earth. Insofar as we unite ourselves to it, it gives meaning to our suffering. It gives us a goal to which we are striving, and it gives us an explanation. It provides us with an answer why. We tend in our own religious life towards one of two ways of encountering God, and, or rather encountering our lives. 
neither of them encounter God. They are both encounters with our lives. The first one is to tend towards suffering. The recognition, as even the Buddhists recognize, that life is suffering and struggle. And if we engage with that and work with it, it becomes a little bit more bearable. But it doesn't become any more meaningful. It just becomes more bearable. And we can work hard and we can be hard on ourselves. We can seek justice. We can seek righteousness. But in a way that is cold, that lacks the love that Christ brings to Calvary. Because Christ does what he does out of the depths of God's infinite charity for us, his creation. Christ does not suffer meaninglessly, but he suffers with great love and with great meaning, and he embraces the cross. That's why you see a lot of paintings of Christ when he's carrying the cross. He really does look like he's hugging it. It's a, it's a full embrace of the sorrow and of the pain because of the meaning that it carries with it. Well, that's one side of us and how we approach our Christian life, we can, or, or our, our material life, I should say. We look at suffering, we take it, we accept it, stoke about it, plow forward with it. We don't give it any meaning, we don't derive anything from it, but we're manly about it. Well, the other side is to run from it or to deny it to embrace and see only the good things that are in life, to fixate on that which is pleasurable. The uh, way that Bishop Sheen phrases it is they don't want uh, a Christ that is bloodied with nails, and with uh, mangled hands mangled by the nails of the cross. They want a lily-white hand. And our Christ, to us, in our religion and in our day-to-day -day lives, Many people have a conception of God that is very clean, very sterile. The clockmaker God is a very sterile God. And sterility is the absence of life. It is a God without life. We say the stone idols are without life, the balim, lifeless dumb stone. We see that when Elijah mocks the or I think it's Isaiah, mocks the, the altar. It is Elijah. It's Elijah that mocks the altars. When Gideon call, carves down the Baalim, the dumb idols of the, of the uh, Canaanites, our God becomes a dumb God. In both, the, in, in both the real sense, in that he does not speak to us and we do not speak to him, and also the colloquial sense, and it's pretty stupid to have this kind of religion. Our God becomes a dumb God when we deprive him of the love and the suffering that goes along with the cross, when our religion makes no demands on us, our life makes, we seek a life that makes no demand on us. We seek pleasure and comfort. There's a lot of people that do this. We lean into God's mercy rather than, rather than understanding his justice. It's another way that you can do this where God is infinitely merciful and that's all he is. Now, of course, it's not for us to discern the judgment of God. God's inscrutable. But there are plenty of people that simply flat out ignore it. Everyone's saved. Hell is empty. 
Purgatory, what's that? That kind of religiosity is tied directly into this problem. Because all of those things cause pain. How many people today don't even think about death? They don't have wills, they haven't purchased cemetery plots. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who know who have, have parents or grandparents who are exactly that way. The very mention of the word death. The subject has to change immediately. That is the Christ without the cross. And it is entirely of this world. If thou savorest not the things that are of God, but the, the same things that are of man. That's Christ without the cross. You also have Christ as a brilliant teacher, very admirable man, this sort of pagan understanding of Christ. Again, Christ without the shame of the cross. They're scandalized by Christ. Scandalized by the cross, scandalized by suffering that they must undergo, that he underwent, in order to come to the fullness of salvation, the satisfaction for our sins. People who don't believe in sin believe in the same kind of Christ. In all cases where we separate the cross from Christ, we separate the way of the cross, either in his suffering, our suffering, in whatever hardship that we face, we are acting against what Christ came to earth to do and to be. Whether we are hard on ourselves, we refuse to forgive ourselves, we uh, arrogate the judgment of God to ourselves, either by judging others or judging ourselves and condemning ourselves and condemning others, or we arrogate God's mercy to ourselves. We claim that God because God is love, God could not possibly want eternal punishment for sin. And so we deny hell, or we deny the cross in some way or another, the pain that goes along with our Christianity. Christianity becomes an easy thing. Anything that makes your faith easier is always something that draws you away from the cross. Christianity is meant to be hard. It's meant to make you hard to solidify your faith, solidify your soul, so you're not soft to the touch. So St. Thomas Aquinas calls effeminacy is the one that something that something is, is feminine or effeminate when it yields to light pressure. Not necessarily men running around in dresses, although that's you know it's a problem. But effeminacy is softness. And that's not what Christ calls us to be. In the Anglo-Saxon telling of the crucifixion, I think it's Kedman's hymn, the way that they describe Christ is as a young warrior who, rather than being humiliated, strips himself and climbs upon the cross to be nailed by his own will to the cross and to die as one dies in battle. And the reason why they, that wasn't just a trick that they used to convert the Anglo-Saxons. That's how, when these people heard the story of Christ, they recognized in him heroism. Because without that hardness, without that strength, that solidity, you can't have heroism. And so Christ, without the cross, becomes 
kind of a sissy Christ. While the cross without Christ is just tyranny. In the original sense of the word. In either case, you have no heroism. No hero. And that's something to reflect on when we reflect on the way of the cross. The way in which we are able to imitate the heroism of Christ. And the way in which we are willing to accept Christ as a hero in our own lives. May we never stray from that heroism. And may we live it, that we be the heroes, the warriors engaging in Christ's army. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon, and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary.